Hello, and welcome everyone to Chronicles of Power, a podcast dedicated to the world of power, where I review and break down the latest episode in the Powerverse. We are brought to you by Private Listen, your source for all things music, sports, culture, and entertainment. Follow the new podcast page. We are slowly but surely gaining new followers, and I am very excited about that. It has take, it's been a long road coming this way because normally we had all of our power content on our other side at PVTLSTD. But now we have at Chronicles of Power on Instagram. You can find interviews, funny stuff, memes, information about all of the power shows. So please go on over there and give us a follow if you like the content. And if you're looking for me or if you're looking for the content that we always post, you can find us on YouTube at PVTLSTD. My name is Kimi and I'll be your guide today as we break down the second season of Force. Now today, without further ado, I have the gifted and talented Miss Amelia Swedeen with us today. She is going to be talking about her episode that she co-wrote with Mr. Gary Lennon. If you don't know that name, you should know it by now. And if you don't know Amelia today, you'll definitely recognize her after we go over all of the ins and outs of episode 10 and the rest of the season. So without further ado, hello, Miss Amelia. Hello, Kiwi. Thanks for having me. So excited to see you. Oh, I'm so excited too. I can't wait to talk to you about some of this stuff. But I want to talk about you first. I want to talk about how you got your start and how'd you, how you made it into the Powerverse. So how'd you become a writer? Yeah. <laughs> I know that so, sounds kind of crass, but. No, no, it's, we have to do this in all our meetings. We have to cover it in like 30 seconds. So, um, yeah. So my name is Amelia Swedeen. Uh, my career in entertainment started about a decade ago now, which is scary to say. Um, but I went to film school, came out of college knowing I wanted to be a TV writer. So I jumped right into the assistant track, as it's called, the assistant route. I uh, worked at a talent agency, um, DreamWorks, which is now called Amblin, that's Spielberg Studio. Um, and then went on to be on the support staff of a number of TV shows, uh, several for Netflix, including the Umbrella Academy. So I did a little writing on that. Um, and then from there, I ended up with Mr. Gary Lennon. So I came into the Powerverse around season five and the, at the end of season five as his assistant, stayed on through season six. Um, and then, you know, I worked with him on two seasons of Hightown. He consulted on the first season of Pea Valley. We did a lot of development together. I kind of functioned as a creative exec for him. Uh, and then when he took over show running for Force on season two, I became the writer's assistant and co-wrote the finale with him over a year ago which you've now finally finally just seen <laughs> is that frustrating like working on something and waiting for it to come out absolutely i mean it's just it's just the name of the game now you know it, it used to be everything was on on network um you know on broadcast so it was a very fast turnaround but with streaming and cable it's like it's over a year and it's like you have a long list of credits that you're not allowed to talk about no one's seen so right it, especially because of the strike too how how did the strike yeah. affect you um, I think it just uh, pushed our, our release date probably a bit, if I had to guess, um, because we shot it uh, October last year. So that's uh, wait, about a full year in the can. Oh, okay. okay. That's why we finished filming. Yeah. So, so I think it, I think usually the turnaround's a little, a little um, faster than that. But you know, it's hard to say. Like I don't know what the decision making process is behind the scenes. Okay, gotcha. When you first started white writing with force or when you came on uh when Gary scooped you up and brought you back yeah. over did you 
when you watched the first season, did you say, oh, these are some things that I would change. This is how I would make this better. Did you come in with ideas that you, you know, pitched to the other writers that you wanted to see come to fruition when you were writing for Force? Well, you know, it's funny because we came on the season two. Season one hadn't dropped yet. So we're getting all the links to watch the cuts, right? And I'm watching and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait to write for Liliana. This is great. Uh, like, and okay, thought. Um, so that was a bummer. <laughs> but, uh, but besides that, I mean, um, you know, Gary, he he is the best to work for as a showrunner because he knows exactly what he wants. He comes in with what we call tentpole beats, which is wants to start the season here, hit a few big story beats by the midpoint, and he knows where he wants to end the season. And the job of our room is just to find the best possible way to get us there you know find the logic beats the interweaving and you know if we if we think like oh gary maybe that instinct maybe this version is better he always says best idea in the room wins whether it's you know the the showrunner or any of the other writers or one of the assistants so um but at the end of the day usually what he his instincts are especially for tommy are correct and it's just our job to bring them to life and find the best version you said something that actually jogged a question in my brain. And and I remember Courtney Kemp talking about this, like, you know, when they outline the season, they do, I guess they have like an end goal in mind. Is there an end goal for our force or for Tommy, like how we, how they envision the story ending for him? You know, I think we could we could make the story go as long as we wanted it to go but also you know we do talk about yeah what where do we want Tommy to end up like what do we see for his full life so so Gary does have an idea for that and and we try to build toward that you know as much as possible while finding these these curves in the in the road along the way okay so let's talk about some characters on the show um I will start off with Tommy because I think like he's probably the most complex of all of them especially with the ending scene from uh, the finale. I, I have a lot of questions centered around that and about like his psyche, how he's doing and just where we are in the story. So, but I'll start off with, I'll start off with Jannard. Jannard is, he's my, I know he's not. He's, I love that. He's my, <laughs> he's my favorite character on the show, especially I like that he was developed throughout the season. We got to see mm -hmm. more of him. We got to see a lot of his acting chops. Um, but I think the question that I have about Jannard now is like, where is his mind at? Initially, I thought that he was kind of warming up to Tommy. But then Tommy kind of did something weird to him where he said, make Che a drink. Was that malicious or was that just him trying to get Che to know who he is? Oh, no, that was totally a power move. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so see, Jannard's instincts are right. And he's going to continue yeah. to hate him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think I think that's, that's a lot of water to put under the bridge. You know what I mean? Uh, I Especially if they've already demoted him to, like, street corner person. And yeah. he doesn't have the same stance in, or stature in the organization that he once did. The same organization that he built for 15 years. I think that's the part that people forget, you know, because it, it happened off screen. But but I have a lot of empathy for this character because I, I'm <laughs> exactly, you know, it's like it's like you don't just, you can't. He held down this organization for 15 years and he did a good job. Right. Like 
you can't that you can't sell that short. So I understand how all of a sudden his brother getting out of prison at the same time that this man comes to town who like you know, we love Tommy, we root for him, but it's like does he don't you deserve to just come and blow up the whole city? Right? Like like things are going okay. So Janard, if you're in his POV, you know, Tommy is the villain. Absolutely. Is Tommy the villain all around? Oh no. <laughs> I think he's I, the anti-hero. I think we're all the hero of our own story. And you know, that's everybody. Um, that's every <laughs> character. And 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 this is the Tommy show. We love him. We root for him. But but everyone's got a sympathetic POV. They're all just looking out for number one, right? So if what if what Tommy did was a power move, is there any I guess thinking on both sides of the character's POV. So from Janar's POV, is there a way for, is there anything that Tommy could do to make him feel more comfortable in how the new hierarchy is set up or it's never going to happen? I think that's like a hypothetical thought experiment because mm-hmm. Tommy's never going to feel like he has shit to prove in Janar. You know, so like, like what can Tommy do? I, I don't know because, because, Tommy isn't the kind of person who I think would feel like he has to prove himself. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's tough. It's tough. I I don't know if they can bury that. We'll see that. So the the reason why I ask that I know you say that he doesn't feel like he has to prove himself, but he does kind of right. Like he had to prove himself to Miguel, mm-hmm. but he did it in a backdoor kind of way, and he's tried to prove himself to Che, which has now made them the distro. Uh, a split distro between them and the insane princes. So maybe maybe because of where Gennard is, he doesn't feel like he needs to prove himself. But right now, Tommy doesn't really have any allies. And his trust with Diamond is kind of waning at this point because he didn't kill Vic. Diamond is not very happy about that. And, and as a fan, I guess I'm confused and I side with Diamond on this part. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you kill him? Absolutely. Um, it's yeah that that last interaction between Tommy and Diamond is really interesting because it's hard it's hard to to not be on Diamond's side a little bit. Although Diamond keeping a lot secret from Tommy too, as we know. So there's yeah. there's a lot going on. But but Diamond really has a good point. It's a lot of um role reversal that it seems to me that fans are really picking up on, which is that Tommy is really starting to. Uh, internalize a lot of ghosts uh mm. less lessons and strategies right and mm-hmm. and and oh boy if ever if ever a character made me want to scream mr james St. patrick oh my god oh, i couldn't you know? stand him <laughs> yeah. where he died i'm like yes he's a, fa- he's a fabulous character but man i was you know i was always like tommy's right tommy's right you know it, even though even though Ghost was more strategic. So now we're seeing Tommy get more strategic and what comes along with that, you know, the complications and the, and the frustrations. Do, do you think Diamond is finally understanding um, Janar's frustrations with Tommy? I think we'll see. You know, it's... Don't say... It's over. You can't say we'll see. What was that little look he did? What, did, what was going through his brain at that point? In, in which in which moment so when when tommy comes to diamond and he 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 says that 
I didn't, they're not, they're not burying a body. Mm-hmm. Di- Diamond looks over and is like, what mm-hmm. do you mean? We didn't discuss this. <laughs> We're supposed to be discussing everything. I gave you the alley-oop to be able to do this. So, and I th- and I was like, uh-oh, he's seeing what Jannard is saying at this point because right. he can't just let, and you know, his words, can't just let this white boy come over here and tell us what to do. Like, it's like, right? Slowly pushing you out too. The same way how he's pushing Miguel out, he's pushing you out. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's, uh, that, was, that was a really fun scene to write, the, the conflict between Tommy and Diamond at the end there because it's, I mean, Diamond says what he means, right? He's like calling Tommy out like, this almost feels like you're trying to keep me in line. Like you're trying to keep me in check. Like it's not, you know, there's a difference between seeing an opportunity in the moment and not having time to call your partner and say, hey, can you sign off on this, right? Like you can, th- there's that, but then there's m- thinking five steps ahead and not looping your partner, right? Like those are, right. those are those are two different things and that's been a lot of what they're trying to, to tease apart this season. So... And this is absolutely a situation where Tommy had every opportunity to loop Diamond in on what he intended to do with Vic. And show was not to do that. <laughs> Intentionally. Do you think um, Jannard and Diamond would be able to run this type of organization without Tommy? You know, it, that's a really interesting question because, like, the organization CBI... Maybe even where it's at right now. Um, like of course they can run CBI. They've done that before. Exactly. In terms of distro, in terms of the coalition they've built, I I do think that requires Tommy. The question is like, was it wise? Is growth for the sake of growth a good idea? Like the you know this is the whole critique of capitalism and the society we live in today. Like like are we? experiencing all this this turmoil because companies need to feel the need to keep growing instead of just staying successful at what they're doing and and cbi could have just stayed successful i think maybe maybe diamond and jarn could have worked their 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 issues out if tommy hadn't come to town but um that's not what happened <laughs> <laughs> okay uh one more question about diamond and then we'll move on to somebody else um like, I know we can't talk about what's coming in the next season, you know, because we don't want to spoil anyone. And honestly, prop- the writing for next season probably isn't even finished yet, right? So, does Gianna stand as, is she a stand-in for, like, his conscience in, in one, in, like, one regard? Because I feel like she is his last piece of good. Whereas, mm. okay, I... I know the person that I was and what, why I went into prison, but it was almost like he was latching on to her to kind of stay a good guy. Like he, he, like he had Leon. He was teaching bonding lessons. He felt like he was grounded in the community, grounded in himself, even. Yeah. But now that Gianna's husband is dead and her son has been murdered, was that like his last ditch effort to? be the good guy that we thought that he was instead of now him being the Hulk. Yeah. And obviously I, I can't speak too much about, you know, where we're going, but it, it's a great question, I think, because this is the first time, right. In two seasons that we're seeing this OG diamond that everyone's been talking about, like the man who he used to be before he went away for 15 years. So 
the fact that he he is unleashed, so to speak, for the first time. Yeah, it should be interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah. let's go to Vic. I'm frustrated with Vic. And I, and I know and I, we got a lot of questions about Vic and how how he has managed to finagle surviving this season. Like if anyone was going to die, I thought I thought for sure Vic was out of here because of Tommy's previous track record. Right. Like we know that Ruiz, who was trying to get Tommy to shut up in the car he was like no changing the subject and anything how's the weather out there everything he did everything for him not to talk but Ruiz ended up getting killed Spanky ended up getting killed um Proctor everybody right like he, he doesn't even ask questions he doesn't even try to rationalize it and again we we spoke about with Terry and James and we you even mentioned it earlier that you know He's picking up on those ghost strategies, right? Yeah. Where he's being a lot more pragmatic and not just reacting off of emotions like what Tommy is known to do. Right. But Vic, just <laughs> what he did, there's no excuse to keep him alive at this point. But was there ever a thought within the writer's room to save Claudia and murder Vic? Mm. I love this question. Because I mean, you know what I'm gonna say, which is on power, nobody is safe. We all know it. Um, so you know what's fun about that is that what it means as our job as writers is we talk through the implications of killing literally every character. Okay. So I don't think there's a single character on our show that we haven't discussed, like at least in a hypothetical sense. Oh, what would it mean for the story if if they died this season like we we just we step out the implications we have to turn over every rock every possible death step it out that that's the world that's our jobs so if i think i think i i understand that but like what were the implications of vic not dying and claudia surviving mm-hmm of claudia dying and vic surviving or or... yeah now that so when you all reconciled this and you said okay we're not gonna Mm -hmm. kill we're gonna kill claudia or we're gonna attempt to Mm -hmm. murder claudia Mm -hmm. what's the implications of vic surviving and claudia not surviving right um i mean on the on the vic side it's it's exactly what we what we've said right is is tommy sees use in Vic whether he's right about that is it remains to be seen right whether that's a good move but but he is again really synthesizing everything he learned from Ghost it's really fun to me as a writer to be on a show where oh this is the character's eighth season right of the entire universe and to see that he's still changing and growing because that's that's what it means to be human that's that's right that's mm-hmm. the real of it we're not the same person year to year we change and grow so that's what's happening with tommy we're seeing him make these decisions that tommy wouldn't have previously made because he's he's gone through you know the biggest shift of his life really um right before coming to chicago so it makes sense that he's not precisely the same man that we're used to seeing um, but what he's going to learn from that and whether he's right, that, that we're going to find out. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll save that for season two. Now, uh, if Gloria 
was alive. Mm. What would she say about Vic's decision making right now? Miss her. <laughs> yes. I'm not I'm not another one I was excited to write for. I know. Oh man, they could have did so much more with her. And all the ladies, the ladies of season one, it's not go well. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, what would she say? I want, I do, I do wonder if she would have been happy about it, about him trying to get out. But it's also, he, he decided to do this because he felt he was backed in the corner. He's still acting out of self-preservation. Even though he doesn't have a whole lot left to fight for right now. So it's really interesting to me the fact that Vic is someone who still sees life worth living, even when he doesn't have a whole lot to live for. Uh, it says a lot about him. Yeah, it really says a lot about him. Um, so if he had Gloria, if, if that was someone he could still fight for, you know, I think he, he'd, pro- he'd probably double down. He'd do it all for her. He's still doing it all for her in a sense. So then. What's his, what's Vic's motivation at this point? Is it fear? Is it guilt? Is it a mixture of both? Or is it something that I'm just not seeing or recognizing at at this point? I mean, I, I think that's just a man who still has a will to live. Never, never occurred to him not, not to, you know, that's, that's not everybody, but that is, that is Vic. He does still think like, oh, maybe I'll, you know, have, have, have a life that is, doesn't look like this one day if I, if I fight hard enough. Oh, so in other words, what I should be thinking is not that he d- his family is gone or his immediate family is gone. So Uncle Polly, mm-hmm. uh, his sister, his dad, mm-hmm. they're all they're not there anymore. Gloria obviously is gone too, and he doesn't have children. But maybe in Witsec he can start those things. That's I, I think should be. That that's how I think of him because. Because yeah, everything you outlined is, is true. But he did have true loved ones. He did know what that felt like. He knew what it meant to kind of, you know, he was struggling with allegiances and and wanting to please his, his father. And 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 but at the end of the day, he really just wanted to go, you know, li- live live in the country with Gloria. So so he he knows what that that feels like to be happy and at peace that way. So I think that's still what he's seeking. But then, on the on the other side of that coin, right? Mm-hmm. He does know what it feels. But you know when people are so consumed by their grief mm-hmm. and their guilt for what may have happened to the person that they're grieving, are they even able to move on and love in that way again? Probably. I think that's on the first thing. <laughs> but that but that's the issue, right? Is is everything has come to a head so quickly i don't think vix really had time to stop and breathe and reflect on those questions i think i I lost sound there there we go i hear you again okay no 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 i I had to i had to mute it they're making noise (laughs) the kiddos the kiddos are in the background making noise and i'm like guys i am recording right now (laughs) All right. So enough about Vic and and his um. I think Vic has a a pretty tragic story. Like every time I think about him, I'm just like you know I, 
I wish he had a better go of it. And I wish his dad didn't put those expectations on him that kind of made him feel insignificant and made him make these choices that he's making right now. Because in a way, this is how he is manifesting his own power. Am I correct? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think the reason people I let only say absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, it really, it really for both for both Vic and Gennard, for one thing, it really speaks to the talents of Shane and Chris, respectively. I think that that you have all this love for them, but then, but then also, you know, as far as Vic goes, yeah, we've seen him be a good guy despite being raised in a world where he's very entitled, and it's you know, and it's a very sheltered and racist upbringing right so the mm-hmm. fact that we see him rise above walter's worst lesson more than once is really testament to why i think we, we're still able to root for him yeah i i, I think so too i i mean he's he's gonna die eventually there's no i don't think that there's a happy you don't have to answer this but there's no happy <laughs> ending for him there um in terms of his interactions with stacy and her forcing him to like give information that he doesn't that he didn't necessarily want to give initially like he had no problem giving up his sister but i think vic's their their interactions together is motivated by stacy's own ambitions for her own political ambitions right do you think that stacy's ambition is killing her marriage and killing her relationships with her peers do you want to go take care of the kiddos first i i i if i get up it's not gonna be a good thing so okay, <laughs> let's just keep okay. i'll give you a second to so um so stacy's ambition killing her marriage um it's on the rocks right i mean <laughs> <laughs> we can say that uh her her disregard for uh rankin's death in that in that final um shootout was was really really hurtful to defranco we saw that so so whether they can move past that we will see but you know it's a good question i so then if she you know what let me backtrack a little bit yeah why didn't he just say he doesn't like why didn't he just remove himself from the task force i think that that would have stopped tons of problems from happening like what what made him what made him say yes, I guess is my question. Why did he continue to be on the task force? DeFranco, I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Uh, Stacey and DeFranco are two very mission-driven people, at least okay. up until, you know, this point that we've met them. They really, I think their love for each other is grounded in how much they've committed their lives to their work and how much they believe in it. And, and you know, we, we've seen that DeFranco really is up to this point, you know, very much is the white hat like he he does his best to stand for what's right and and he he believes in this task force and he also brings a skill you know a knowledge of the streets and how they move that no one else has so stacy really needs him for for her work so is it a conflict of interest i mean i mean i think absolutely and and now we're seeing the fallout of that but there was an absolute function that he played that no one else it's a role no one else could have filled yeah i i agree um, let's move on to Miguel and Maria. So Miguel, he he's another another one of my faves. So he is the he's the villain that I actually like, right? And I understand, you know, like how some villains they're just bad just to be bad. But with he's bad to be bad too, right? But he actually has an end goal in mind, and 
his torture or murders are all about loyalty and they're rooted in some sort of moral compass or ethical compass that he has within his own organization, right? Mm-hmm. Even though something to kill is bad, right? But he does have reasoning for it, right? But does Miguel, so Miguel's motivations at this point, we know he wants to take over in Chicago. We He was beefing with the Serbs, but now he's going to be beefing with Tommy. And that's where we kind of leave the season off with. But in addition to that, he has seen, he has uh, taken his sister hostage, or at least we believe he's kidnapped her or has her in hiding. Does it even matter to him where he got that picture evidence from? So knowing that Maria was at Tommy's house and figuring out that they were in some sort of intimate relationship, does it matter who it came from? In that moment, you know, we thought we didn't see him really react to that. We only saw the emotional reaction to the photo. So mm-hmm. strategically speaking, of course it matters. But is he mm-hmm. focused on that? Like, yeah, that's so then that's the better part. Right. Is he focused on that? Like, right. Who sent it to him? I, I mean, mean I we, haven't, we, haven't seen, we haven't seen him be focused on it, have we? So <laughs> it's I love this show is so fun to write for for all these reasons. Like, I love seeing people week in and week out at the end of episodes be like oh my god that was so stupid why are they doing that how did he do that and i'm like uh yeah that's the juice because because how boring would it be if the show was just like everyone's just a super rational automaton like trying to run the best code to you know get the best goal like oh no these are human beings and they are emotional and they are rational and they are just like you know they're just like everybody we know in our own lives and ourselves who you want to shake them because it's like you're not making the right the right call but but we all act from hurt from ego from from pain our wounded child you know our core wounds so that that's miguel you know things with, with maria that that triggers something in him that is not rational uh, yeah especially because like right now he's at a tipping point of losing control mm-hmm. not within his organization but within the hierarchy of the cartel right he now has to split with Tommy and him losing his confidence after his grandmother is killed. Does he, well, do you think, and this can be a completely hypothetical question, do you think it was the right choice for him to kidnap his sister or to put her in hiding to get her away from Tommy as a, completely as a power move? Is this the right decision for him to make in this moment? I mean, I think we can probably infer the answer to that because we all know Tommy quite a bit better than Miguel does. So we can guess how Tommy's going to react. But, you know, I don't I don't know if Miguel really did this out of a strategic power move. Oh. I mean, maybe it was, but we've seen him be so emotional, especially right on the heels of, of Abuelita's murder, right? But, which was already so destabilizing for him. Like... He so 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 how did he react? He reacted very emotionally, this information. But like we don't even know what that means yet, though. Like we don't know what he's done to or with Moran. So So we shouldn't look at this like a power move then. It's just something that he did purely based off of emotion. I mean, that's 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 my read, but either you can you can see it another way too 
but I don't, maybe I don't see it as smart because I know Tommy better than Miguel does, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so maybe he was thinking like that's a way to get back in my enemy. But, but at the end of the day, I feel like Maria is, is one of Miguel's weakest points. Like I think his family is his weak point or like his emotional core, right? So, so that's where he's going to act the least rationally. So, well, then if, okay, Maria is, a soft spot for him and he feels like all of the things that he's doing he essentially feels like he's protecting her and she doesn't feel like he provides the protect protection that she wants she doesn't want that type of protection from him so would you say that all of maria's choices are based on the role that she plays within her family specifically like she kind of sees herself self like a black sheep or, mm-hmm. or that she doesn't really belong she doesn't fit in and she doesn't want to fit in is the is the better uh, observation. So because she feels like an outsider, do you think that that plays a role in how she then finds love, connects with people and like just just trying to get away from them? Is that is that more of her motivation with um, in trying to be with Tiny? I don't know if motivation is the is the word for like being with Tommy like I think it's more chemical and 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 attraction than than anything with them like like Gary would always say in the room like the heart wants what it wants and I think we've all we know what that kind of love feels like where you can't explain it you can't rationalize it it's just like "Mm, you you know (laughs) like I and and Maria is so interesting to me I I really love the character because it's very much not black and white her dilemma is very complex because I don't think she would have chosen this life but it's the life she knows the only life she knows so she's comfortable with it kind of in spite of herself and she hasn't like she takes objection to it but she hasn't really made the hard decision to like go no contact with her family right like that's her family that's what she knows she would be so alone and isolated if she'd done that so she just kind of sucks it up which means that when Tommy comes along and there's this incredible attraction to him she's able to kind of compartmentalize who he is and what he does and that's the same thing as her brother um i think her her greatest fear and um one of the writers in our room kendra put such a fine point on it when she said like maria's core fear is just losing the people she loves which is so terrifying to her but like everyone that she loves is in this life so that's really like you know, where her immediate rejection of Tommy comes from off the bat, even though it's like, girl, like, 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 be realistic. You're not going to end up with Dr. Kendall. Like, not, not, not with the straddling lives that you're doing. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but can't we say the same thing for Tommy? Like, you're not going to end up with him either. If it is, if you are so repulsed by the things that your family does, and I, and I understand that, yes, she's probably compartmentalizing what he does. He does the same thing as your family. As a matter of fact, he works with your family. So mm-hmm. I, I, it's almost unrealistic for her to be like, okay, well, Dr. Kendall is not really the guy for me. I'm not going to, I can't, I can't be two different people all the mm-hmm. time. Yes, she did grow up in the life. So she'd probably have an easier time uh, meshing with Tommy because she knows what questions mm-hmm. to ask and what questions not to ask. Right? Yeah. So that, yeah, I got to say it's her life a little bit there. But then yep. she still has the 
the the overbearing brother and family members that are super duper protective of her so i'm kind of just like okay the heart wants what it wants but you still have a brain girl like they're gonna try to kill me gonna get you she's always, she's always, but but also like i think despite what she says and what she claims like the idea of being completely repulsed by her brother's line of work i don't think that's like quite her issue you know like that that that's the complicated thing is she that's the easier story for her to tell others and tell herself but if she was that you know turn like like if it was that big an issue for her like i think she would have skipped a long time ago but she hasn't she's she's stuck around in this family because she can make peace with it i think it's more the fear of Tommy met her at a point where she's trying to like make it work with like a safe doctor surgeon guy because she doesn't want to fall in love with another man in the game who's just gonna get himself killed because that that's broken her heart before it's not she's not gonna do it again and until unfortunately she just, until she is because um, because because we can't help ourselves when it comes to love it's, it's, we all know how that goes <laughs> so. okay speaking of awkward family dynamics mm-hmm. let's talk about Kate JP D Mac. And and then we'll get into talk me right. Mm-hmm. So, did something happen to D Mac at that school? Well, we know this tried to make him. I have a lot of feelings about it. Um, okay. We know they tried to bear on his dread. You know, we know that. That's and yeah. we kind of played it as funny, but honestly, I do think it's not. It's not like that speaks to uh, the lack of autonomy and respect that kids get in places like that. I think um and and it's really harmful like I actually just wrote a new pilot script of my own with a similar backstory and theme for that protagonist because Matt and I have her carrying lifelong trauma from a, a similar school like that because you know Tommy was doing his best trying to keep Mac alive by putting him there that's that's what he came up with he he, he was trying it was out of care for him but I really do personally believe that kids need to be treated like fully formed human beings and a place like that doesn't do that. And especially for a kid who's had to really look out for himself for most of his life, like, you know, it, it was never gonna, never gonna last. Okay. So his, deci- well, then is this really, cause initially I had a question where it was along the lines of, um, why is he going off the deep end like this? But is it truly the deep end? Because he has been trying to survive for... Okay, wait. Let me let me establish something. How old is D-Mac? D-Mac is supposed to be 16 right now? Around there. Yeah. Around there? Okay. Yeah, so like... For up until this point, his mom hasn't really been that active in his life. Although he, right. he used to live with her. He found his dad, who is JP started shooting at his bar but now he lives with jp mm-hmm. in his paternal grandmother's house or great grandmother right yes yeah. great grandmother's house mm-hmm. and now kate is there mm-hmm. like what i guess what was the switch for him because he seemed to be playing along nicely with it because him and kate seemed to have a good relationship mm-hmm. up until the military school do you see what i'm saying like oh yeah how does what was the let me just form the question properly then what's the switch for him is it the military school that caused it you know that we we could say that's part of it and it's certainly part of his his journey and he and he came back really 
pissed about having been sent there. Um, but I think a lot of it is also the fact that since we first saw him trying to ease into this family dynamic and actually like taking to it, like he was he was happy about it. Since then, he he's caught two bodies, and and he's a kid. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like like, and he wants to be hard. He, he, you know, he's 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 in the streets packing. He's shooting up his dad's bar, but but the reality is that 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 does something to you and that that was his first time actually taking live um and he can justify it to himself and and he does but that's really like that's what's really cutting cutting deep to him i think is he remember when everyone hated Tariq <laughs> back in season <laughs> is d back on that same path i mean i was seeing a lot of comparisons on on twitter certainly um yeah. You know, and, and yeah, it's funny, right? They're both Tommy's nephews, and it, it and and they're both doing the same. But this is this is what's so unfair about folks like being in the game and then thinking they can just raise kids at the same time. It's like, and look at Reyna. It's like these kids are good. They're it, it's it's exactly the conclusion Tosh drew, right? Which is they're gonna get killed or they're gonna end up like us. Like that's the deal with the devil you're making when you decide to have kids in this life. So. Blaming the kids for acting irrationally. Do you remember? Do you remember being like 15, 16, 17? Like, you cannot tell me anything. Absolutely reasonable. <laughs> Completely unreasonable. And anyone but... who wants to act like they were a reasonable teenager is lying. So, you know, it, it can it can drive us crazy, but but it's not their fault. You, you're bring, you brought up something, and, and I'm glad that you worked on the original power too. Do you think that? people give Tasha an unfair shake sometimes I feel like she was the she had the she was the most level-headed she always she had a plan always like goes I think once people once she that initial scene that she had with ghosts has left such a bitter taste in people's mouths about her but I'm like she did everything that she was supposed to do Tasha she did everything right look at look at that TV we're, we're defending all the same characters I love it <laughs> like she she did everything she she held him down she found money when there was no money to 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 get his defense keep the kids in school she made sure the house was still supplied she still took care of the kids she still even forget put her origin story yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Or, their origin story is that is that the cops pulled them over and she put ghost gun in her purse like that that's yes. how he's that's how he said she knew he knew she was the one, you know, and it's like that. That is a woman who is she has hold she has held him down since day when she was a lot younger than him. She, mm-hmm. she was she was she was in it for the game the whole time, and then one day he just decided he wanted Angela. <laughs> yes, and and, and decided that he and the, yes, but but also decided he didn't want to do it anymore. She sacrificed everything and she wanted it she wanted that life you know it's not like it was hard for her right like like she she wanted she wanted to be the wife to the 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 biggest drug dealer in new york city her word it is like kingpin right yeah like what's the the biggest goddamn drug dealer in new york city like i love that line so it's but but yes he turned around and it was all you know i think i think ego and he he decided he wanted to he wanted to run clubs. He wanted to be the big man who didn't have to be anonymous. You know, it's it, it's it's like a 
a, a flaw, a fatal flaw that that Tommy's never had. He doesn't need to be like he just wants to to, to play the game, right? Like he doesn't need to be recognized. Like Ghost is like, I need to be a politician, like sir, <laughs> you know. So like so yeah. Re- remembering those first seasons where when Tommy saw him on social media, he's like, Are you kidding? <laughs> what are you t- What are you doing? Are you choking? Right. You know, you brought up a good point. And we like we're actually meshing points, not like not even intentionally at this point. So being 15, 16 or just being young, being a teenager, you're not fully realizing all of the things that you're doing and your opinions may not be completely formed about a matter. So D-Mac may think that he's doing the right thing in this moment, comparable to Tasha, whereas Ghost pretty much groomed her. I know a lot of people don't want to come to terms with this, but he got her from a little kid. She actually didn't finish college because of him. I think she only did like one year. So when he got to her, she was like 18, maybe 19. And she had to grow up in the relationship. So Mm -hmm. at the point when we meet her, of course, she's still going to be like, oh, I like this current life that we have. This club that you're doing isn't bringing in the money that you normally bring in from there. You think that the club is going to be able to substantiate the life or not substantiate? Can fully pay for the life that we are currently living it's almost like a downgrade to her in a sense but as the seasons progressed she was just like hey i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to play pretend with you i don't think that this is okay for the kids and i think a lot of people blame her for Tariq the same way how ghost did too without him realizing that he was actually the cause for what Tariq was doing but he was he was he was the cause and 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 reina got killed like yeah. She's, a mother. She's trying to keep him alive, and it worked. It, for sure. Still with us is ghost. No. <laughs> no. I like that we're on the same page. <laughs> we, are. we are. We are very much. I love Tasha. I Me love too. Very, I love her very much. I love her very much. And and what they do to her. Oh lord. I hate it. Um. I have some other theories of why I think it's happening to her that way, but we'll talk about that off air because absolutely. I think it's I think it's actually a little bit more complex than that, right? Uh, I mm-hmm. think it has to do a lot with colorism, a lot with how people view black women, mm-hmm. and but you know we'll we'll get into that you and I, yeah. and uh-huh. because for right now we're talking about everybody. yeah, can't come on your back on track, yes, but but one hundred percent yes. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Okay, so we talked about what happened to DMAC at the school. We also talked about DMAC going off the deep end. But there is something that happened in that last scene with them um, where he has the argument with Kate and his dad. He refers to his father as the F word. When that happened, I was like, whoa, <laughs> not on TV. I could I could not believe it. And but it, it's almost like everyone's reaction, even in the scene, you can see it kind of felt authentic. Everybody was just like, what? <laughs> where did this come from? I, I was very surprised that they added that in. Yep. Um Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna lot to say if you don't want to form this. No, no, go ahead. I'll I'll let you I'll, I'll let you say because you know where I'm going with this. I do, I do. So it's, it's shocking. It is. Yeah, it, and and I think the reason that folks in the scene might have been authentically surprised is, I'm not positive. I, I don't I don't know exactly if, if Lucian told them, but we'd already done a couple takes, and and I love this scene. It's so real to me, and you know the camera's tracking. It's so chaotic, and 
and and it's a scene I'd, I'd I'd done a lot of the writing on, and uh, Gary was on set that day, and so we'd done a couple takes, and Gary pulls Lucia aside and 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 says to him like, hey, hey, in this take, this is what I want you to say at the end of it, and you know, and, he, and he's he's pulling from a lot of of real stuff, you know, that that he that he he knows, so Gary is so he so he's like, this is this is what I want to try. So I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if anyone else knew that that was actually coming. I don't know if Lucian gave them the heads up or not, but but I think a lot of the surprise was real because we hadn't it hadn't been in the script and it hadn't been oh. in the previous take. Um, so it was so you really felt the punch of it. Um, yeah, it's so it's so hurtful. Um, but it but it's so real. You know, it comes from a place of this kid feeling feeling hurt and and still not really getting over like the, the abandonment and having JP in his life like I don't think this kid is homophobic or mad that he has a gay dad at all you know like I don't think that's what it's about I think he's internalized a lot of stuff in the streets and I think he's turning his hurt outward um but it, yeah it, it's it's so shocking Chris Lofton threw a big viewing party for the finale it was so such a blast and um just everyone screamed like it was so it was amazing to me because it was probably the most shocking and painful moment of the whole episode and it was delivered with a word instead of a bullet like that yeah that's huge yeah and that's and that's scary die right that's the one that made us go (gasps) yeah (laughs) but um speaking of um the hurt that you have as a child jp and kate right they have uh, they have a come to moment, and I think last week or maybe it was the week before we talked about. Uh, I was with big. I think their name is Big Gold Belt Media. If I mess that up, I'm sorry, guys. But um, we talked about extending your parents' grace, right, and how difficult that can be for a lot of people. Do you think that JP is able to extend grace to Kate? because of the guilt that he feels as it relates to him not being able to raise d the way how he wanted to? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, <laughs> nailed it. Oh, uh, I, lo- I love it. I love when people pick up what we're putting down. It's the best. Yeah. You know. But I'm now in the final scene with, um. so now we'll get into the Tommy stuff. Because mm. we got a lot of stuff about Tommy. <laughs> um. JP kicks Tommy out of the hospital room and says, you know, you're not my family anymore. How does that... I have my own Zen diagram of Tommy, right? I think he compartmentalizes things too. But in the middle, at the core of it, what I think he mostly wants is family and to be accepted. Right. I think he wanted to be accepted by Ghost and he wanted people to respect his decisions the same way how they respected Ghost. And I think that in some ways he wished he had like that family structure that Ghost built with Sasha and the kids, which Mm -hmm. is why he made sure as an uncle he was around for them and he did come to dinners and breakfasts and he was very present because he he wanted a familial structure. Even though he yeah. had his mom, well, I it, think I think that was a big appeal of of Keisha and, and Cash, to be honest. Yeah, and did he yeah. was he like um, 
<sighs> let's talk about this thing. <laughs> so like when Holly when Holly appears, right? Well, she she doesn't appear as how we last saw her because she was not showing or she didn't appear pregnant when she was killed or when she died. But she manifests her ghost manifests to him as fully pregnant. Mm-hmm. And when he transitions from one girlfriend to the other, I think when you say like that's the draw with Lakeisha, is it that he realizes, oh, I can't have my own kid, but I can be a stepfather and that should be enough for me at this point. Mm. That's interesting. I mean, that's that's a, a read I hadn't necessarily considered and I like I like it. Um <laughs> I get to my tears, but like, yeah, I mean, I always feel like he's looking for something to like keep him grounded in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if um he necessarily thinks like, oh, I can't be a father, but I can be a stepfather. I mean, he does tell Marae he doesn't know if it's in the cards for him, but I really, you know, I yet he does. I I think you know why holly's ghost manifested that way to him i think it's that that'll always be tommy's biggest regret like we can argue back and forth whether or not he was justified but at the end of the day tommy is a man who had it in him to choke the life out of a woman he loved very much like especially if she was doing something to harm ghosts right you know that that's the rationale and we can argue oh that's justified and he didn't know she was pregnant and all this stuff but you love someone a lot of people wouldn't have that in them whether or not it would have been justified or not they just wouldn't and tommy did so that's something i think he carries with them you know this this knowledge that he's able to do that and this child he could have raised when when that's something that you know we we know he loves kids like he's good with kids so, you know, that's something I think he would have wanted. So it's, that's always going to haunt him. Like, yeah, he has all these ghosts following him. Do you, do you think we'll ever see a, the ghost of ghosts coming back? The ghost of ghosts? <laughs> I mean, I, I, feel, I feel like Tommy sees him every day, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, well, we, I don't know, but, but um, yeah, I think he's always there with him. Do you think that, so now that he has Maria, um, but he still has Kate, mm-hmm. do you think the reason why he didn't react to Kate dying on the floor was because of the line that Kate said to him, I'm always going to be in your life? Does he feel like mm-hmm. he needs to choose between her and possibly having a love interest or being intimate with someone else? Or having an intimate relationship, rather? Personally, I, I don't think that was a conscious choice. Mm. You know? Um, my my read was... That's... That's what he found his body doing when faced with that situation. Like, she's been using all his life, right? She's been an addict all his life. So, so, so one, when you try to get clean for a little while and then jump back in where you were with the same amount you were doing before that that that's that's how she ended up you know ODing like that um so that was I think the first time 
in his life. Definitely the first time we've ever seen Kate attempt to to get sober. So point being, that was Tommy's whole childhood. That was his whole upbringing. He loves her. You know, she, he, so much. She's such a big part of his life. I don't think it's ever crossed his mind to like kill her, but it, but it's a matter of like, oh, I like, he sees that in the moment and this idea, like I could, I could be free of this, right? Like, doesn't mean he wouldn't regret it, but he, he, he froze. Does he have to make a dis? Do you think that the character has to make a decision or draw a line in the sand when it relates to his mom and having um, a girlfriend or a wife? I mean, Kate certainly had issues with all of his, all of the women in his life, right? That we've seen. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's not. It's not something we've fully gotten to confront yet like having it come to a head with maria hmm what so then tommy overall then when i look at tommy i was like okay well they're just playing on the oedipus complex here are they doing with what part sorry with with tommy we're just tommy has an oedipus complex no i mean we've certainly seen hints of that right Mm -hmm. I don't know if I that's what that, he's doing I with Maria. That's the culmination of it, right? Because yeah, I mean, Oedipus doesn't mean to kill his mom, <laughs> but but essentially he almost does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it it it's complicated. It's toxic. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of love there, but there's there's so much pain. You know, it's 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 another matter. I think of things. People aren't going to be rational. They're just gonna find what's in their heart in that moment because that that was my point about this is the first time this has happened to Kate is that I think that was like a shocking situation for Tommy to be confronted with I don't think he ever stopped and thought like oh if I walk in on my mom ODing what would I do because it, it never happens you know is so so that's that's what he found himself doing in that moment and I don't I don't think that was like a choice so it wasn't intentional it's just he froze he just froze that that's how I see it. Like, and and it, and these are things that are up for interpretation too, right? Like when mm-hmm. things aren't textually said on the screen, like you get you get to interpret them however however you want. That's the fun of it. Um, but 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 that's how I see it. Like for all these adrenaline pumping situations that Tommy's in, these life or death crazy wild situations, like this was the one that like really fucking mad. True. I just it's you know why um I guess I'm kind of like grappling with it because we've seen Tommy like find people dying and trying to save them or like even just having like some sort of reaction to it because look at it look when he found Julio right he he was like in tears even though he bought Julio they had a lot of disagreements but when he saw him he was just like oh my gosh what is happening and then even ghosts like Mm -hmm. we I keep trying to contextualize or uh like put out a timeline for people guys ghosts still just die right true. Ghosts, it's true ghosts it's true <laughs> like when we started the season mm-hmm. i said you know like i tried to map things out for people as best i can because remember we still had the writer's strike i couldn't yeah. do interviews with anyone i couldn't get actors i couldn't get the writers i couldn't do anything i'm just like okay guys well let's make a timeline here yeah. keep in mind it's only about three weeks that passed 
all of the stuff that right like yeah maybe a little more because you maybe a little more there are pickups between episodes and between you know seasons and stuff but you can actually have like assume that more days are passing in each individual episode like just because you see one day and then a new day doesn't mean it's the next day precisely you know so but but on the whole yes it has not been three it's not been a long yeah it hasn't been years we yeah. still just got to Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he, even right now, he's still new there. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't know who he is, especially when we start the season. Ghost has just died. It's mm-hmm. still just died. Liliana has just died. Um, uh, wh- where else are we at? He He's left his hometown. Mm-hmm. Lakeisha was killed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have contact with Cash. Like, his whole psyche right now is messed up i thought that initially i was like he's gonna be on a warpath this entire season like everything (laughs) there's no way that someone like him who this person that we've known not saying that he doesn't have room for growth but this person that we've known he's gonna be trying to kill everything and the amount of times that he let claudia slip through his fingers i was like oh no i was like i i thought that he would just kill her on sight immediately doesn't matter who's around but then we have to consider he's becoming more pragmatic. He's yes. not just going to react the way how he normally would react. And he is going to think things through because mm-hmm. he has an end, goal, an end goal in mind where he says, aren't you tired of being at the top of the bottom? <laughs> I love that line. That's my favorite mm-hmm. one. I'm, t- I'm tired of doing this. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want to do what I used to do. <laughs> yep. but, but now, I, I guess what the reason why I'm just like, well, what happened here with Kate is because I've seen him have this visceral reaction towards these other people with Liliana, with Ghost, with Julio, with anybody else that he was kind of close to. And I'm just like, with his own mother, he freezes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> parent-child relationships, there's nothing like it, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. they're the people who create us, our parents. You know, they, they raise us. It's so, it's it's a different, in my opinion, like, the the dynamic we have, like, how much of our parents are, are in us, like, how much thing, things they did when we were young can still trigger us, like, it, it just, in a way that, like, everyone else you meet in life, like, you're just kind of responding to <laughs> The way you were raised at the end of the day, like, 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 I feel like I feel that that's why the idea of being a parent is like so scary because you're like imprinting on these people. <laughs> so, like, whoo, that's a, a, yeah, and, and it's it, it's amazing. Like, so people people just just do it and do and do their best. And you know, Kate probably did do her best, but it wasn't it wasn't great. Um, you know, there there's there's love there, but but yeah, the. You know, all of all of I think Tommy's core wounds come from Kate. So, so yeah, it's going to be an inherently different response to everything. We we've seen him lose people he loves. We haven't seen him faced with like that kind of peril for Kate in the same way. It's 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 unique in its own. Okay, so then let's do some quick hits then, because I know we're kind of running over time a little bit. But no problem. Why doesn't Tommy have? an entourage or like he has people that works for him right but he doesn't have security he doesn't have like a certified hitter that is gonna like stay with him at all times and just 
just even just some sort of protection. It's just him alone. Is Tommy a, lo- a loner? Mm. Well, first of all, like, you know, I think as far as how he moves in the street, like he's been doing it that way since he was like a corner boy for Kanan, right? So he knows how to do it smart. He's still alive. He's not going to change up his strategy now. Like that, that part makes sense to me. But like getting deeper into the the core of it, like, is he a loner? Um, you know, I love that question because like by nature, I think, no, he's not at all. Like Tommy is social. He's an extrovert. He loves people fiercely. Like I see Ghost is so much more of a loner than Tommy, like by nature, like someone who his family was kind of the you know they were props they were tools like he loved angie but even even then like ghost was about ghost you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. tommy's about his people so but tommy's in this place where he's lost so many loved ones and ghost was like i mean how do you replace a friendship like that like you can't you know, it's it's almost like he lost a spouse in a way. Like, a, I mean, certainly a life partner in the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lifelong bond. Like, like my housemate, Emily, like, she and I have been best friends since fifth grade. We grew up together in Wisconsin, and now we live together in L.A. And that is such a specific kind of friendship. Someone who's known you that long and seen you change and grow and that sees, like, every side of you, like, the impulsive sides, cringy sides, like, your lowest and highest points most of people in tommy's life now even if he cares about them they they don't know him like that mm. so and kate was never reliable enough to really like she does know you know him but like she comes she goes she's not someone he could ever lean on the way he could lean on ghost so you can't rebuild that with someone overnight like you know, yeah, he's got Moran now. He's got JP. He's got DMAC. But, yeah, but like, they don't know him like that. They don't know him like that. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, I think he's trying to get that that back. You know, he's dying. He's like, maybe we could have this, but it's just not the same. And and he's and he's like, ah, oh, you know, maybe Maria will know him that 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 deeply. But it, it's not his choice to be this alone. You know. <laughs> okay. No, I I get that. That's not his yeah. choice. Yeah, he he what that's why he's like trying to latch on to people in a sense because he he needs it i remember like when i was uh, populating questions or thinking of questions as i'm like you know is that is family love or connection rather a motivation for tommy throughout all of this like does he need that in order to keep going to survive because you know like how some people, mm-hmm. like when we were talking about Vic, we were like, well, why is Vic still doing this? He doesn't really have right. much to live for at this point. But we we come to a conclusion or um, or we reconcile that, you know, it's just about self-preservation for him. But yeah. with Tommy, does he have to have something that keeps him grounded, that makes him want to be in the life or continue I mean, in the life? Yeah, Kimi, I think, you know, bingo, bravo. Like, <laughs> like... <laughs> I think that's everything for Tommy. You know, I think it's all he's ever wanted and been searching for is love and family. Like, it's so unstable with Kate, but it's it's what he had with ghosts, you know, that a brotherhood. Like, he's in the game, I think, because it's all he knows and he's really good at it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think the game is like, 
I don't think it's like eating at his soul or anything that he needs to leave the way like Ghost wanted to at all. Like, I don't think that's it, but I don't think it like is also about the game for him just for the sake of it. Like, I think the game really represents to him like the love and brotherhood he had with Ghost, like coming up together and running that business together. Like, I think he just, he felt with Ghost. And Kanan, you know, back back in the day, like what he always needed and wanted. So he's still searching for that. And he doesn't know how to search for it anywhere else but in the streets. Mm, okay. So then uh, I'll ask a couple of questions. And um, uh, we can, I think these are pretty much going to be like yes or no. If you want to expand on them, you can. You don't have to. Like some of them, uh, let me just get the one that the, everybody asked. This is from DC wait excuse me d casanova seven is it possible ghost faked his death yes or no <laughs> that'd be pretty fucking bananas of us to do that after 10 seasons for the spinoffs and that's all i'll say <laughs> okay is shanti starting to respect tommy a little now even though she set him up with miguel mm-hmm. That was asked by Gemini Don Fox who can work. <laughs> uh, you know, Shanti can really play the game. And, okay. you know, if she sees a better move, that's what she's going to do. Um, ah. But I also love her because, like me, she's like, why does this white man think he can just show up from New York one day knowing, knowing nothing about Chicago and think that it's his city to run? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> we love Tommy, but that's absurd. I'm, I'm absurd. sorry. Absurd. <laughs> So, you know, I think Shanti can respect it a little bit, though, too. Like, like she recognizes a bit of ta- him, him and her. Like, like she started with nothing. She built this this gym, this business. She's, she's got her gym and her block. So, like, Tommy and Shanti are almost too alike sometimes. <laughs> they they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they have a lot of character parallels. Um, they do. Okay. They do. <laughs> Will there ever be a full-length movie for... You know, I started, I started on at the end of Power Season 5, right? And then I ended up in a Powerverse with three spinoffs. So I don't try predicting anything anymore. Who knows? <laughs> Would you like there to be a movie? Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> That'd be a blast. <laughs> All right. And the last question. This one is from Tyrell uh, underscore J. Is Force getting renewed? I sure hope so. So, you know. Wait, it hasn't been announced yet? Oh my gosh! I thought it was. No, no. So, so you know, please go go stream season two. Tell your family and friends to stream it, tweet it, because yeah, it's a number. It's a numbers game, but um, but you know, th- that's the whole thing. Is is I know it's uh, the fans keeping us on, keeping keeping me fed. So I have nothing but love and respect for all of you. Keep showing up for these stories, these characters. Nice. Yeah. So they're going to thank you guys. Thank you to the Force yes. fans for watching the Yes. So, Miss Miss Swedeen, it has been a pleasure talking to you. You've given me so much insight. I'm glad that we are in agreement about oh. <laughs> we'll yes, we feel like we have. I really loved our conversation, and I do hope that you can come back again. I cannot wait to see what you do next. Um, hopefully, are you working on any of the other power shows? Um, you know what? It, things are so in the air that, and I believe in jinxing things, so I, I'm not going to say. There we go. Say to, to to put the best energy on it. Let's there we go. We'll see you. We'll, we'll see you. It doesn't matter yeah. where, but we will see you. So thank you so much again. 
Evie, thank you. This has been a blast. Oh, thank you. Have a good day, guys. Bye.